Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, senior editor of the Democrat Gazette, and we are honored to have the mayor of the city of Little Rock, Mayor Frank Scott Jr. Mayor, thank you for joining us today. I know you're busy. Appreciate your time. It is indeed a pleasure to be with you, Rex. Thank you. You know, uh, I'll just I'll start at the top. The biggest news story, obviously, in recent months is the tornado that occurred at the end of March, uh, the worst storm to hit Little Rock in many, many years. Um, as, as we look back now, a uh, couple of months later, how's the recovery going in the city? First, uh, as you shared, uh, this has been something that we experienced that was unthinkable. Uh, the capacity and the devastation of the high-end F3 tornado that hit uh, Arkansas State Capital City alongside the city of Wynn on March 31st. Uh, it's a day I'll never forget. Uh, we're close to 3,000 structures were impacted um, across uh, the western portion, the entryway to the western portion of the city of Little Rock. And to see that no one died Mm -hmm. uh, is a true um, demonstration of God's grace and mercy. Uh, It happened around 2, 2 2.30. I think, you know, if it would have happened around 5 o'clock in Little Rock, um, it would have been, you know, some fatality. Yeah, or the middle of the night when people were in their bed, God forbid. So it's, uh, like I said, I'll never forget that day. I was, you know, one of those individuals that was out doing a site visit. Uh, out in West Little Rock, happened to be, and the clouds were getting dark. But sometimes I, I'm I'm just moving, mm-hmm. not paying attention to the weather, and got a call say, "Hey, you may want to get back to City Hall." And and shortly after getting back to City Hall, after doing this site visit, actually in West Little Rock, uh, it hit. Uh, and after leaving, kind of City Hall's kind of bunker that we have, uh, went straight to our incident command center that. Uh, ultimately turned out to be the Family Assistance Center at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Right. So uh, there in line, you saw this great uh, resiliency of the city of Little Rock and unity, and everyone aligned uh, just to help their neighbor. Uh, and that's what you saw. And I couldn't be more proud of the city and how we responded uh, from a city perspective, but also just from a resident perspective. But all the love and demonstration of love in a very action-oriented way was demonstrated and we were able to get a lot of things going. Uh, We have now, we've moved from emergency response to recovery and rebuilding. Um, We have a deadline on June 25th to where we will uh, be the final day of utilizing our private contractor where we're getting about 100% FEMA reimbursement up until May 13th. Everything mm-hmm. after that has been 75%. The city's going to spend close to $10 million. And so we're going to do this final swell swoop uh, of debris uh, across the city with our private contractor. And then therein lies the next day, stage of moving from emergency response to recovery to rebuilding. Yeah. And, you know, uh I'm I'm one, as you know, that tries to be an optimist, always looks for a silver lining, silver main silver lining. You have already mentioned it wasn't it was that we did not have any fatalities. Uh, but the other thing we're going to see going forward, because these are these are neighborhoods uh, that are that are prime locations. They they will be rebuilt as insurance comes in and all. The economy is already doing well, but 
we're going to see a building boom in Little Rock over the next three to five years, are we not? I, I bet you're already seeing it in construction permits yeah, we, being pulled. One of the things that earlier this year, uh, Little Rock was highlighted as one of the fastest growing cities for home sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, from a national realty organization. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But I will say I'm going to share excitement, but balance with concern. Um, as you know, that particular area of West Little Rock, that was the last, uh, I dare say, affordable housing area of West Little Rock. That's, that's a good point. Best and, prices have gone and, so high further so, west. And so yeah. you got these families that were in Colony West, Kingwood, uh, um, Shackleford area. When you think of that, you know, many of those families, you have individuals who may be on, who may be retired and have a dedicated income. Their home is already paid for or yeah. almost paid for. Been in those homes since the 70s when they were built, yeah, a lot of them, yeah. And so now you get the insurance check, um, but the average house now in West Little Rock is $375,000. Gee. And so if you don't, there's going to be this gap. And so that's a, a focus that we're very focused on as affordable house because there will be a building boom, but we want to mm-hmm. make certain that it's affordable. It's affordable. That that makes perfect Perfect sense for me. You know, your your first term, uh, obviously, no choice of yours was was dominated by a worldwide pandemic, and uh, now we see this in the first year of your second term. I I have to ask, after a particular long day, uh, do you ever find yourself asking, why did I sign up for this? <laughs> no, no, no. You, you know, I'm a man of faith, and. Uh, I kind of give this joke from time to time. In a matter of four years and and six months now, we've experienced a worldwide pandemic, a 500-year flood, Mm -hmm. two historic snowstorms, now high-end F3 tornado. I'm just waiting for locusts to come. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When I hear the sound outside, I'll know they're flying in at this point. But uh, generally, uh, again, I I know I'm – you know, haven't walked all those neighborhoods and talked to everybody, but the best I can tell, um, I heard generally very good reviews uh, for all of our first responders, Little Rock Police Department, Little Rock Fire Department, EMS. Uh, seems like we had a very good response for something that severe, that big, that broad. I agree, and I, I, again, we give a big ups to – our Little Rock Police Department, Fire Department, our Public Works Department, our Emergency Management Team, all of the City of Little Rock employees. And, you know, while we kind of say in jest about those disasters that we've had to navigate and lead through, we've become experienced at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we know how literally, you know, it was the the grit and the grind of our, our LRPD to stand up literally within minutes, stand up incident command center at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Literally just a phone call, but it also speaks to the community service, community partners that we have that we can pick up a phone and say, hey, you got a prime location. We need to take care of our people. Can we use it? Mm-hmm. And it morphed into then a family assistance center that no one's ever seen before. And it was running like a you know Fortune 500 company mm-hmm. you know, for three or four weeks. And so uh, we give that great praise to our team. Uh, you know, many times you have to meet the moment. Uh, and our team exceeded it. And, and so we give them all the great praise uh, for that. But also to my colleagues on the city board who really gave myself and others grace to lead uh, and to make some decisions that we needed to make on, on very swiftly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, it just takes a team effort. 
Let's move on to some other issues. Uh, this is one that has hung heavily long before you became mayor over mayors of our state's largest city for many years. And that is that is crime with Little Rock often showing up very high on national rates of murder, violent crime, so forth. Uh, it's going to be a discussion every time we have a mayor's campaign, as we saw last fall in your campaign, Mayor. How are we doing in that area right now? Well, we're doing great. Uh, and when I say that, and you may seem shocked. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why I say we're doing great is because I look at the numbers. Uh, when you look at the numbers, um, we're doing great at public safety, but that doesn't mean we can't do much more. Mm -hmm. And so I say that very balanced. And Understood. The numbers say we're, we're doing great. But also, I know there's a perception that um, the city may be unsafe in certain areas of the city. I get that. I hear that. I understand that. And that's the reason why we work hard at it. I think, you know, I recently hired at the end of uh, December after we got reelected in December, hired a new chief of police, the first ever uh, chief of police to literally come through the ranks of mm -hmm. the Little Rock Police Department, promotion after promotion to then become the chief of police. And so what we've seen with that decision uh, is great police morale from both the Fraternal Order Police as well as the Black Police Officers Association. Yeah, who, who were divided before. It, it seems he, like it to me. He, so, so morale is up. Morale is chief. up. He's working to unite those two associations, which is in line with our internal why to unite, grow, and transform the city. So Chief Heath Helton has been doing a great job to build up morale. But secondly, it has to be more than just morale. Uh, what we've done and continue to do is to be a leader in paying our police officers. And so in this most recent budget, uh, we gave every police officer a 7.9% raise. And if you um, have been with the police department 15 years, you got an additional 2.5% raise. And so we are the highest paid police department, uh, particularly if you give or take, because there's been a lot of, it's almost like an arms race now as mm -hmm. it relates to uh, police recruitment. Uh, at that point in time, we were the highest paid, and we know for sure we're the highest paid overall. After two or three years, we have officers that are making $65,000. And as you know, one of the things that we led to really close uh, and reduce the number of vacancies that we had. At one point, we had upwards of about 100 vacancies. Right, right. Uh, Today, we have about 80. Uh, and then we got a class of 24 coming online in August. And so literally by uh, the end of this, uh, by the end of this fall, we'll have, we'll have gone from 100 to 50, cut it in half. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that goes into the, the historic raises that we were able to give. $10,000 sign-on bonuses if you're a new officer going through a recruit class. And then if you're a new officer and you decide to move from another city to Little Rock, you get another $5,000. Mm -hmm. And so that's been very helpful as we reduce the vacancy rates uh, at historic levels. So that's number one. Number two, uh, the reason why I said we're in a very positive direction in public safety is we've employed a number of different community um, impact um, strategies and what we call a holistic approach. Uh, and so and with this holistic approach is that we're not only focusing on targeted patrols, uh, we're not only focused on what we call dosing and, and that's mm -hmm. being utilizing data on where we patrol, uh, but also how do we focus on prevention, intervention and treatment so we prevent the crime from even happening in the first place by focusing on a number of different areas. With that being said, today, violent crime is a negative 7 percent. Mm. With that being said, today. That's such year over year? Yes, year over okay. year. Negative 7%. Overall crime 
is a negative 6%. But I go a step further um, because everyone, what we see, as you know, in the media, it bleeds, it leads, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, today, we have 20 homicides. This time last year, we had 40. Wow. 50% decrease. Mm-hmm. And that's because of our holistic approach of focusing on targeted patrols, dosing strategies on how we patrol, prevention, intervention, treatment, great morale, great salaries, um, leadership. And this multi-pronged approach has brought us to this point today. And so we're and so that's why I said great. But even though in that same vein, that same breath, there's still more work to do um, because there's still a perception of crime. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make certain that we cure that perception of crime uh, because a safe city, a secure city is a prosperous city. Mm-hmm. And, and you've seen all the historic numbers of how we've been doing economic development. If we've been able to do close to 10,000 jobs in four and a half years in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. tornado, snowstorms, floods, what do you think we can do if we cure the perception of crime? Mm-hmm. We're already at the cusp of a, of you know, as I often share, Little Rock is is becoming the catalyst of the new South and how we focus on quality and life in place. And so but it takes public safety being paramount, which it is. And that's what we're doing together. You, you know, back to that recruiting officers, um, I, ha- I have written, as you know, quite a bit about that issue and the need to fill those vacancies. Uh, but to be fair, I, I understand that's a nationwide issue. It, it's hard to find people that want to be policemen these days. It, it's, it is. And, you know, and that's why I implore to each resident is to show appreciation to the men and women of Little Rock Police Department. You know, I wake up every day praying for their safety uh, because they could not come home. Mm-hmm. And, and they're waking up every day to make certain that you and I come home. Uh, and so uh, but it's a nationwide issue. Uh, as you stated, but just because a nationwide issue doesn't mean that we're not going to figure out every which way to close those gaps, which we have. And we're going to continue to put every dollar available to get it done. I'm going to move to the neighborhood we're taping in right now, which is downtown. We're in the Democrat Gazette building at the corner of Capitol and Scott. And then talking about my past columns, as as you also uh, know, I'm a huge advocate of downtown revitalization. Uh, I think any city is only as strong as its heart. And then the heart is downtown. We've had the fabulous opening of the – of the Museum of Fine Arts. Uh, Forbes described it as the most accessible museum in America, for most instance. In- accessible and inclusive. Inclusive, yeah, absolutely. Uh, priceless national publicity. Now, Rick, yeah. so I, I tell many people, <laughs> when I say, hey, going to the Arkansas Museum of Fine Art is the most expensive cheap date in the city. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And uh, so we've seen that happen. Uh, we we we've seen a lot happen but but we get back again to that perception and our newspaper ran a story as you know uh, on certain businesses going out of business in the river market and and I know there is a perception that on a part of a lot of people a lot of whom are out in the state that downtown is not a safe place so um, I, I want to start there before we get off of the crime issue one thing that is coming you worked for some extra money from the city. You went over to the Convention and Visitors Bureau. 
And our ambassador program is going to be up and running again. I know within a couple of months, uh, Gabe Hobson told yes. me when I talked to him. And those are people who walk the streets and basically can contact the Little Rock Police Department if it's needed. They look for graffiti. I mean, they walk people to their cars on and on. And I, I think that will be huge for downtown. No, I agree. I want, I want to give a, a shout out. Uh, while we did uh, lead and work to get some funding from Little Rock Convention Visitors Bureau, I think you know I'm, I'm one of the commissioners there. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have a balanced approach on how we fund it. I also want to uh, just take time to uh, give credit to uh, the Downtown Little Rock Partnership and their advocacy and, and sharing the, the why as we want to continue to grow and transform our city. And it starts right in downtown. Downtown is everybody's neighborhood. We want to make certain that we're being very, very inclusive to everyone. Uh, but also we got to make certain uh, our area is safe. And I would say from a, st- a statistic standpoint, crime is down in downtown Little Rock. Uh, but just because crime is down on the stats, there's still a feeling. Mm-hmm. There uh, is. It's, it's an intangible. And so one of the best ways to address uh, perception and intangibles is make certain that you're doing something. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that in consultation with Gabe Holstrom and many others, I want to also give, you know, uh, another great leader in this movement for the ambassador was city director Joan Adcock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and and countless others who played a role, but clearly we made the proposal, but I also want to make sure that we give credit to other folks who play instrumental uh, roles in this process. And so we're glad to have uh, $500,000, uh, 250 that's coming from Little Rock Convention Visitors Bureau, 250 from the city's budget. We'll have close to 10, um, Ambassadors, they'll be led by a company um, that we were in the current stages of doing contracting with. I hope it's my goal that at least uh, sometime right before, right after uh, Labor Day, you'll mm-hmm. see our ambassadors doing what ambassadors do, not only providing public safety, but also uh, public engagement to help uh, tourists uh, understand where things are, what they need to be doing, things of that nature, to answer questions, to be that open door of customer service in downtown Little Rock. And I believe that's going to play a pivotal role in how we address the perception. Move on to yet another issue, and that is that you have floated out that you think that the time will soon be ripe for another sales tax issue that we can put before the voters of Little Rock. Where do we stand on that? Before we get to that, but I also want to make certain that I address, in addition to what we've done with the Downtown Ambassadors Program, mm-hmm. something I know you you're, you know about is, one. unfortunately, our city, the state's capital city, hasn't had a true vision master plan for downtown. Good point. Good point. Uh, and so we led identified funding, working in concert with our partners at Downtown Little Rock Partnership uh, to put uh, close to a million dollars to focus on um, to focus on a downtown master plan. We've selected a company It's going before the city board this coming Tuesday uh, where we're going to contract with a, a national organization uh, that's going to work with some local stakeholders to ensure that we write the vision uh, and truly see where we want to take our present downtown for the future. Mm-hmm. And so we're really excited about that. And we were able to let them also give a, a shout out to the federal government. Uh, we've been able to do some pretty unique things the past year and a half with the uses of the American Rescue Plan Act dollars. And so we're take, we've taken now $1.5 of our allot, million dollars of our allotment to fund this. And so 
we're really excited about this downtown master plan. So when you going back to what you just shared, I want to make sure we don't gloss over this. Gotcha. A lot of great things are going on downtown. Mm-hmm. We're spending a million dollars on a downtown master plan. It's going into play this summer. We're spending five hundred thousand dollars on downtown ambassador programs. It's going to help the perception of safety starting this summer. Um, you've already what we haven't mentioned is the Capitol Avenue Revitalization uh, Committee that I started in 2022. And we're sitting on Capitol we're Avenue, on right, Capitol now, Avenue yeah. right now. And so I yeah. think I may even share a note with you last week. And part of mm-hmm. part of that committee, uh, we're going to be addressing the lighting mm-hmm. uh, right. uh, on Capitol Avenue uh, here this summer. We're going to be addressing, you know, people may not think it's something to tout, but we're going to be addressing the trash cans and mm-hmm. Capitol Avenue and really kind of create this more coordination within the corridor uh, of one of our most herald streets in the state is Capitol Avenue. Mm-hmm. And so we got a lot of great things happening uh, here in downtown Little Rock, and that's because of leadership. That's because of the also the leadership of my colleagues on the city council uh, to make certain we're, we're putting more blood into the heart and soul of our city. We'll be back with more of the Southern Fried Podcast, but first, this break. Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Fried Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning along with the latest news and updates dates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. You'll also get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras all in the palm of your hand. As a bonus, we're offering a limited time deal to our podcast listeners. To take advantage of this exclusive offer, click the link in the description or go to ArkansasOnline.com forward slash podcast 23. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. All right, let's get back to get back to sales tax. Where, you don't where want to do we keep talking about downtown? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let you off the hook on talking taxes. Talk about the need for it. Uh, what what it would be if 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 it did come about? Sure, I think it, it's no secret uh, that in my first term. Um, you know, one thing that uh, I'm not afraid or unapologetic of being accused of is being accused of being too bold. Uh, I have that much expectation for the state's capital city. Um, and so clearly we, we ran a campaign um, famously known as Rebuild the Rock uh, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, we lost handedly, um, learned a lot of lessons uh, from that uh, loss. I'm a big, um, uh, you know, Henry Ford says uh, failure uh, well, I think it's uh, gives you the opportunity to rethink more intelligently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've uh, learned some lessons and we're putting pen to pad on uh, a Little Rock Forward sales tax initiative. That's just kind of what we shared in the state of the city. It may not be that name, uh, but we're spending a lot of time um, ensuring that we have buy in from the city of Little Rock Board of Directors um, as we move forward uh, on this sales tax initiative that I know they all believe we need it. The question is, what's in it? Mm-hmm. And so 
part of this package, I'm all in again, internal wise to unite, grow and transform the city. And you grow, transform and unite the city by focusing on quality and life in place. And so, you know, we have a city where the average age is 36 years old. Um, but we also know that we have a growing number of seasoned brothers and sisters that are moving to the city. Right. And so there's a great nexus between uh, my generation being the millennial generation, those coming behind me, Generation Z, with a, as well as Generation X, where the nexus with our seasoned brothers and sisters, everybody's, you know, millennials and, and behind, we choose where we want to live first, then we figure out our career. Uh, our seasoned brothers and sisters who have disposable income, they choose where they want to retire based on quality of life and place amenities. And so that's that great strategic nexus that we have. And so that's how we can all move on one accord on this initiative, but we gotta make the investments. Mm -hmm. And so broad picture of the Little Rock Forward initiative that could be changed name, uh, something else. Understood. It's really four Ps. And the four Ps uh, from a, a broad perspective includes um, an intense focus on parks and recreation. What does that mean? We gotta take care of what we already have. 63 parks. We got to continue to pour more money into the maintenance of those 63 existing parks. In addition to that, I think we know, there's no secret, a passion of mine is to reimagine and revitalize War Memorial Park. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make War Memorial Park our central park. Right. Uh, Should be. We also want to include a multi-use uh, multi youth sports complex, indoor and outdoor, volleyball, basketball, baseball, softball. Uh, indoor uh, pickleball. Um, all of that would be included in War Memorial Park in addition to more trails, more enhancements to uh, anchoring tenants of um, the War Memorial Park. So that's number one. Number two would be Hyman Park to continue to put more investment in Hyman Park for mountain biking trails and things of that nature. So that's the first P. Second P, public safety. We want to uh, put more money into our real-time crime center, uh, which we've recently stood up. We want to encourage, take this time. If you are a business owner, you have cameras, please. Uh, I think you've been already. I, I was going to say, as you know, yeah. I toured it. Uh, I had an accident that's got me behind right now, but I've still got a column coming. I'm on waiting that, on so it. So you know, yeah. so it's coming it's still. Coming. I was very impressed. I'll be honest. I will with tell you. you, and for those who don't know what the real time state of the art, state of the art, it's a CSI. It's our version of CSI, mm -hmm. uh, and we need you to get more cameras uh, locked into that. So more money for public safety for our real time crime center, uh, fire apparatus, things of that nature. Thirdly, the third P would be uh, port and economic development. We know the port has been a crown jewel in our historic jobs growth that we've seen over mm -hmm. the past four and a half years, close to 10,000 jobs. And we got to continue to grow the port, grow that land so we can get more companies to come into the city. Of course, other portions of economic development. And so as we talk about um, in the port, we talk about parks and public safety. We have to focus on public works and that streets, that drainage, that's neighborhood streets. Uh, and, and just to keep it plain, you know, quality of life in place is also two things, clean and safe. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that mm -hmm. is going to be the goal uh, of this Little Rock Ford to really position us for the future. Any idea on a timetable? Um, again, I want to. Um, visit with each uh, member of the board. I would hope to try to get something accomplished uh, this year, uh, if not first quarter of next year. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're meeting with each uh, board member, sharing this broad concept, want to get what they want included into it, 
get their thoughts, and then we hope to present a proposal uh, very soon. Back to the port again before we finish up, uh, because, again, as you know from my past writings, I'm a huge fan of Brian Day, the job he and his staff have done out there and uh, have written some. Some may not be aware, uh, but there's a – uh, an aerial navigation aid called a VOR uh, that has to be moved to open up what's known as a super site that is happening now. And uh, also, give let's give credit in addition to Brian and the Port Commissioners. We got to give credit to U.S. Senator John Bozeman and Congressman mm-hmm. Franchil. Uh, this has been a journey. Yeah, um, we were working on this when I was on the Port uh, right. Commission. I remember uh, when you were on that commission. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that is happening now. And what that's going to do is open up uh, what what is known as a, a super site. And given the transportation assets, the fact you have the river transportation, the fact you have a national airport, you have major interstates coming together right there, and Class 1 railroad all right there. I, Four R's. Yeah. River, rail, road, and runway. There, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I, I'm just uh, – Again, optimistic there. I, I think that is going to locate something big. I don't, I don't know if we're talking an electric vehicle manufacturing facility, a battery manufacturing facility, but it's once you get that moved and that thousand acres open up, uh, seems to me it's too good a site not to land something. It, big. It'll be a game changer for our city. I think it's something that we not we may not even be expecting yet. But you know, it could be a possible Tesla plant. Yeah, mm-hmm. It could be a chips manufacturer. You, you never know. Mm-hmm. They are already, Brian has told me, they're at the port. I mean, Amazon alone is employing about 3,000 people out there. Uh, they are already drawing employees from 35 counties. Almost half of the state drive in there to work every day. How do you get those people? I mean, economic development is, is great in and of itself. And I know you you have wrestled with this and talked about it. How do you get those people to live in the city of Little Rock rather than driving an hour to work every day? Sure. I, I think it's we have to continue to focus on quality of life in place. I think, you know, this Little Rock Forward initiative makes that happen. I think uh, our strategic work um, with the Little Rock School District and our community schools model mm-hmm. as alongside the chamber's work with Ford NGL. I think those two critical uh, components of public-private partnerships to forward education in our city, uh, that's what gets more people to move uh, to our city in addition to having job opportunity, but also affordable housing. You know, affordable housing is a key component. Uh, There's a lot of people, you know, that if they didn't have to drive an hour and they can find an affordable home in Little Rock, they would move in Little Rock. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's that quilt of solutions on what we're working on, whether it's education, affordable housing, clearly perception of public safety. We have to continue to focus on that, uh, but economic development. But we're excited, you know, uh, that 35 uh, counties are coming because um, we want their sales tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Good point. <laughs> uh, we, we want it. Uh, but then also I think, too, I think it's a, a, a policy imperative that uh, the port considers, and I think they are working at this, because just because you got the 35,000, uh, we also have to consider those working families and um, how do you make things easier for them to be more productive? Great example. 
Yeah, I, I, I was going to – I'm just about to ask that. I mean, I look at all those people working out there. Do we have the child care? Do we, do That's we, exactly do we, do we have the restaurants? It doesn't seem like there's much out there for people to go to lunch on and on, all so, of those and, things. And so I think, you know, credit to Brian Day and the, and the pork commissioners, they're being very forward-thinking. They're seeing what UMS has done. You know, UMS has, is a large employer in the state, large employer in the city of Little Rock, but they still have a lot of individuals who live outside of the city. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that – and it's to their benefit, too, because drive time, and if you're late, creates unproductive time. Mm-hmm. And, and so one of the things that you've seen is UAMS has now worked with the city of Little Rock to develop south of, of Memorial Park is a child development center, which is going to be across the street from the Hillary Rodham Clinton Library. Uh, and so uh, don't be surprised to see the port uh, um, build a child development center for the port. So those families that are traveling to Little Rock can also have child care. Uh, there and then also as you shared with you know close to three thousand um, and not including Amazon's three thousand yeah. other three thousand employees, uh, there's opportunity for more restaurants in that particular area to kind of create a nice cool uh, vibe. As we wrap up, I, I knew this would go fast, and again, I thank you for your time. Uh, last question: I'm, I'm going to let you pull out your crystal ball. Let's go ahead three years. You're ending the you're nearing the end of your second term in three years. What exciting positive things will have happened in Little Rock over that three year period? What do you what do you think's coming? Wow. I would say one, uh, we'll see a fully developed um, particular areas that have been impacted by a tornado back, vibrant. Just lots of excitement. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Two, um, I see us, you know, at this day and age, we're at now 10,000 jobs. I see us being at somewhere between t- uh, 20 and 25,000. Mm. Uh, the chamber uh, and our other economic development partners and I got a lot of things cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see us, you know, continue to be a leader, not only the fastest home growth, uh, home uh, sales, not only in uh, population. Uh, I see us, you know, Literally, not just next three years. I see us being somewhere around 225,000 people here in the city of Little Rock. Um, I see uh, us being a more sustainable city. We're working a lot on sustainable policies here in the city of Little Rock to take us to the next level because we do believe that climate change is real. We got to focus on that. Um, I see us having the uh, sales tax passed. I see War Memorial Park being a central park uh, with the youth sports complex. I see uh, Hyman Park being a reimagined park for the entire city. Um, I see just so much growth and transformation. Again, it goes back to the internal why is we are a more united city now. I see us to be a more, even more united city, uh, but a growing city, a transforming city, and truly a catalyst for the New South. Mayor Frank Scott, Jr. Mayor, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.